Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with me, D. Klein. Today's episode is brought to you by the Koi Network. Koi makes minting NFTs super easy and inexpensive. Just drag and drop your file using their NFT wallet, Finny, and Koi takes care of the rest. Minting costs as little as one cent, so you can create as many NFTs as you want. And when they're viewed by other people, you even earn Koi tokens that you can use to fund your next series. Check it out at koii.network. All right, threesomes on NFP in your new studio. Welcome to uh, the show again. Good to see you. Uh, yeah. It's been, you know, it's, it's, it's always nice to have a, a second or third. This is the third time we've talked, actually. Is that right? I, yeah, well, I came on. Uh, we, did, we did our show here. And yes. then we did, uh, we did a Spaces um, through mm-hmm. uh, one of your sponsors there and, and, yes. and sort of revisited things a little bit. So. that's right yes that was a good space i remember that yeah really good discussion yeah no it's it's interesting you know catching up with people in the space and seeing how things have evolved and you're one of these people who just works at a furious pace <laughs> i don't know how you sustain it honestly you know a little um, bit i mean it's i have to i have i've got far too much to get out um I don't, <laughs> I don't have the time or the luxury to not be at this pace. But you know, we were, we were talking before we started this uh, of how long it's been since we, saw, since we saw each other. You've done countless interviews, and I just—it it was yesterday, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it doesn't feel like like that much time has gone on. <laughs> yeah, that is one cool thing about doing this podcast every week is you know just kind of staying connected like you were talking about with your podcast you know just connecting with artists and uh the name of your podcast shoot now is it's die die with more likes or die with the most likes or that's no that's my my occasional co-host you know die with the most okay. threesomes yes die with okay die with the yes, most sir. threesomes <laughs> Sorry about the incorrectly naming it there. That's okay. I mean, everything, it, it always, you know, you've got to like somebody before you're having a threesome with them. So it sort of builds from that anyway. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, no, it's an interesting time in the space right now. And, uh, you know, I was reading up about what you were working on with uh, your March Madness, uh, you know, work and kind of a critique of the whole cco situation and it's kind of a nuanced kind of topic so i'm really curious about your take on it and uh obviously probably the biggest kind of cco the the biggest movers in that space probably started with moonbirds i would say uh would be the big one that was like okay we're going cco and uh, yeah that's where it kind of started um, is that accurate i don't know now nouns nouns went cco from the Mm get-go Um, right. So they they were they were sort of um, I would consider them maybe the biggest project to, to to begin. And they as they built it into what they were doing, and it was it was conceived that way from the get go. I think um, their play was a little more natural. I think when you have Moonbirds and others that did it after the fact, uh, it's a little more problematic. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a little more what I'm speaking to. I mean, but I include I include nouns in my work. Um, 
as well. So they're in that mix of, of, of references that I'm making. But to, you also have, you know, X copy, uh, yep. famously uh, made his, uh, everything but the collaborations. Um, and then you have a, a lot of others um, that, that, that went down that path. And that's why, that's, that's what brings me into it. I, I want to talk about why people are doing this uh, and under what guise and under what sort of, what, what are they getting out of it and, and, and their reasonings for it. Uh, and so I played with that. So a um, little background, <clears throat> we, we call it March Madness because it's the second year now. I did, I did one last year um, that coincided with the, the men's college basketball tournament that's run in the United States around college basketball, right? It's, it's um, um, you know, young boys, young men, uh, age, you know, 17 to 20 or 21 or so, and then they play for their respective universities uh, throughout the year, and then at the, every March, there's a gigantic tournament um, that captures the minds and hearts of Americans and American advertisers. Uh, and so Canadians. This... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lots and lots of Canadians watch Martin March. Oh, of course. No, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal, but it's, um, yeah. it's centered around this idea of, of um, three weeks of, of many, 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 many games on television, to, uh, and it's a big advertising you know, showcase um lots and lots of money involved um and traditionally these these basketball players have uh, have not been paid there's they 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 may or may not receive some sort of scholarship some of them do uh that pays off some of their school but they drive a, a multi-billion dollar enterprise um through their their talents um and are la largely unrewarded other than their few minutes of, of fame right mm -hmm. so this whole process um, I use as the backdrop for an event. This is, like I said, the second year that we've, we've done this, um, wherein my collectors and, and I, I, I create works that, that this year was about CCO more than anything. Last year was about low effort artworks. Right. Um, and, and they represent these teams of, these, of, of you know, college basketball players. And as they move through their their tournament, uh, the results of that tournament dictate what happens with the project. The same way that all of my work has some sort of chaotic thing outside of us, outside of me and the collectors, that determines addition size or or distribution mechanic or or what have you. Right? I let something external uh, play that out. Uh, in 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 this one, it's college basketball. So this year, to represent these teams, I, I painted well. Um, I, I combined my paintings uh, with CCO images mm -hmm. taken from these large NFT projects that were CCO. So, do you want to do you do you want to walk your your listeners through CCO if they don't know what it is? Or yeah, please please explain. Okay, so Creative Commons. Um, it's its own little play on conceptual art. If you're if if, if we're honest here, right? It, it, Artwork um, in in the United States and, and most countries have similar laws that, that play out this way. A lot of it, it's sort of a tough when you get into international borders of what rights are represented and how that plays out, right? Um, but but ideally, um, in the United States, you've got 75 years, right, uh, after the creation of the artwork, 
mm-hmm. okay, that is that, that has its its copyright in play. Okay, and so that used to be can, less, but I think Disney pushed for it to be extended. It's changed keep, a few times. Control of you know, yeah, it changed, and so it's, forth. It's last time it changed was 1978. Okay, but it's it. So anything made since 1978, mm-hmm. okay, um, plays out for 75 years after it's after it's created. Right. Right. Okay. Um, but but the the idea being that you have all this time where nobody can use your work if you're an artist to create this thing. Nobody can use it without compensating you, um, and 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 has to have explicit permission to do so. Right. Um, and works that that are fall out of that that are old enough. Okay, the Mona Lisa, whatever, are public domain. They 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 have mm-hmm. no copyright to them, so anybody can use them any way they want. Um, it, it's a it's a complex thing where people are playing in and out. And like I said, it's changed a number of times over these years. But it comes down to an artist's work. The moment they create it is whether they register it or tell people about it or anything, right? Um, oddly enough, uh, the it, it it changes if you have a, a a pseudonym. If you if you use any name that isn't your own. Okay, you, it falls into different stratus as well. Okay, so for me, I'm talking about 75 years I, because I paint as threesomes um, and I, I create as threesomes. I don't get the protect, protection past my death, which other people. Right? Okay, interesting. Yeah, I it's, didn't know it's that. strictly based on the time that it's created. But anyway, 75 years, 90 years past your death, whatever it is that it comes out. Okay, you only mm-hmm. have a, a finite amount of time that things belong to you. Once, once that's expired. It's free game. Anybody can do anything with it. That's why, you know, people can make a Van Gogh, you know, mouse pad all day, all day long and maybe make $2 on it. Okay. <laughs> right. So um, the Creative Commons comes into play where people got together and said, you know what, that isn't necessarily, the, the idea would be, that's not necessarily uh, for the good of everything, maybe you want to share your work. Maybe you want your work to be used more often. So let's create an organization where people come together and basically announce that they are renouncing their their rights to these things. Mm-hmm. Put them all in one space. So the Creative Commons organization allows people to to sort of dump all of their work together in one place, sign off on it at different tiers uh, to say you can use this. Openly, you can use it for certain things. This is how I want you to use it, and there you go. So we're talking mainly like photography. There's a lot of photography that's in there. Um, there's some work, but but the thing is, you have to take the. If you don't take the action to do this, your copyright is implied automatically. Right. right? So this is a step that you can say, "I renounce my rights." Yes, you have to formally do that. It doesn't just right. happen. Right. Right. Now. There is. This is not a. This is not a government organization. This is not. This is. It's, it's a weird play in that. Technically, you you have the rights to your work. Okay, so mm-hmm. going on a website and saying I don't have the rights to my work, it's really yet to be seen. I think there are times where there can be some struggles here, where somebody may change their mind even. And there's not much that you can do. There's no, there's not that much legal recourse for this because you're not taking this legal action. You're making a declaration. I find it a little flimsy, is what I'm saying. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay? But at the end of the day, and this is what to me artistically is the important thing to talk about here. At the end of the day, the same way that I said to you last time, 99% of stuff shouldn't be an NFT, right? Just because you can mint it doesn't mean that you should, right? 
99% of, of the art produced or the content produced in this world doesn't really matter, right? right. Like it's, a, it, wow, it's a big deal that you've renounced your rights, your, your long-term 75 years worth of commercial rights to some work that is not commercially. Totally irrelevant. <laughs> right, exactly. So if you go into the CCO website and you just like look up art that you want to use because it's free, you're going to be quickly reminded as to why it might be free, in my opinion. It's kind of like shopping the, the clearance bins in Walmart. <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, um, in our space, in a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of my mechanics, especially my drop mechanics, right? The way I let people buy my, my work is NFTs, okay? And my work is NFTs. I'm an NFT artist, right? Um, but the way I do it is, is, is going to be framed. My drop mechanics are some sort of commentary on the space and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with this last year, I believe X copy declared it 2022, the summer of CCO. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was busy in hot boy summer. So for me, it was something else. But I saw a tweet about it being the summer of CCO. Uh, X copy, dear, dear X copy, who at that point was coming off of what he what do you make? 128 million on the, <laughs> right. the Max Payne drop. And yeah. this noble soul, this dear noble soul, this counterculture uh, figurehead, okay, who had just made 128 million dollars on one drop. Um, for a total of, I think, four artworks because they were additions, right? Right. Uh, 120 million. And he's like, I, I believe that we should not hold any commercial rights to our work in this space. It won't move forward. This space will not move forward if we don't give these rights, which I feel is um, a major statement. It's something to look at. I, without going mm -hmm. into how I feel about that, I think maybe my tone might imply. No, no, no. I want to hear your feeling about it. What, I, I think that's very easy for somebody who just made $128 million. Well, of course, yeah. Very easy. Quick break here to talk to you about what's going on at the Koi Network. The Koi Network has officially launched K2, their very own settlement layer for lightning-fast transactions. What makes it so quick is the new version of their gradual consensus process, which is a multi-round confirmation method they made themselves that makes data sharing really efficient. It's a huge step forward for three reasons. First, you can now run your own K2 validator node on the validator testnet. When you run a K2 node, you earn 10% of the daily Koi token mint by keeping the network in sync. The earlier you start, the more you earn. Secondly, it enables developers to build blockchain bridges, decentralized social platforms, Web3 games, and more. Koi has more than 500 ecosystem projects ready to build on Koi, and K2 is the foundation for all of them. The applications for K2 are infinite. Lastly, K2 provides decentralized custody of tokens for their task economy, including wrapped tokens from other ecosystems. Koi tasks, by the way, are off-chain computations that people can run with their personal devices to receive a bounty. This is how those more than 500 projects are building on Koi. The more tasks that get created on Koi's network, the more tokens begin to circulate to serve the compute microservices economy they've created. Koi is poised for massive growth, and K2 is the central pillar behind all of this. Head to the Koi Network, K-O-I-I dot network to check them out or head to K-O-I-I dot me slash K2 
to register for the K2 testnet and run your own. There are projects out there, like we talked about, the Nouns did it from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nouns uh, barely escaped being featured in my low-effort March Madness pieces from last year. <laughs> <laughs> Which, for the record, uh, the main focus were hand-drawn, 256 hand-painted uh, low-effort cubes white cubes spinning in a black void and black cubes spinning in a white void, which I painted mm. by hand in a couple seconds each. Uh, and and the, the, the famous series of three friends, which are very low effort hand-drawn animals um, that I, I drew 64 different animals that I'd never drawn before and I did it without a reference um, and, and in one take. Right. I, I think I did the 64 in like 57 minutes. Um, and that so these pieces those are my three friends which sound a little bit like some other project um but uh, a little bit the nouns would kind of do you have a conference conference Uh, coming up oh we oh believe me we have three three friends conference we have three con we're not allowed to advertise it on uh, sites that are accessible by minors oh because it's a sex party Oh, it's, it's a conference where we have threesomes. Oh man! Okay. No, we do. We have we have Grotto Fest and Threecon. Okay. okay. Sounds but, like you know. Yeah. No, we got could be some memories made there. Oh goodness, yes. We we've saved as many marriages as we've destroyed. I'm sure. Maybe created a few, <laughs> but um, so 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 the nouns, as far as I'm concerned, would have you know they're just pixelated nonsense. I mean, you know, it's not not pixel, you know, but but pixel art. Sure. You know, I, the nouns are. Let's be honest. It's and I don't think that that the people behind nouns are are you know standing up saying, "Wow, this is breathtaking artwork." Right. Um, the new Renaissance. But it's you know they they went into it um, in a in a uninteresting play. I think I think that their approach from the get go um, probably makes some sense for them as a project and and, and a DAO the way they're playing it out and 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 I have um, I don't have any issues with that. But I speak to it because it's a thing, right? And it's a it's a notable mm-hmm. it's a notable project that did CCR. But um, coming back to this year. Uh, We've got X copy. We have nouns. Moonbirds drops takes quite a bit of money, and then tells their collectors, "You have no IP. All rights are released." Um, and this is coming during the the time where, you know, apes and punks and people are having going to war about how valuable right. their IP is and and what have you. So Moonbird says, "Well, it's not. We're taking that away." Um, I mean, I guess their argument was, you know, Web three doesn't need those government rules oh, right 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 there's a lot of that's that's the thing and so there's the from the people saying that web3 doesn't need these rules okay um just made a lot of money yeah it's very simple it's very simple to say i don't need new rules as you're swimming in cash yeah it's when you when you're not swimming in cash turns out rules kind of kind of matter Okay. Now, <clears throat> um, 
you know, on a personal level, I I have a very different approach to how I make my money in NFTs. Okay, and that's mainly centered around the idea is I make a little bit, and mm -hmm. I work tirelessly to build an ecosystem and an economy around my project, wherein my collectors can make a lot. And I, I, I don't know if I said this on the last one, but it's built around the idea that my collectors will make so much money that they'll take care of me in my old age. Right. Okay. I, I, I want them to, to enjoy all of these spoils uh, and, 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 you know, get private jets and just shuttle me around from Grotto Meetup to Grotto Meetup uh, and pay for my food and pay for my lifestyle and what have you. Okay. The only way to do that is to allow them to make their money on, on the speculative nature of my work. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, I specifically in, and, and distinctly in every piece, in every description minted on every piece that I make, I say the holder of this piece has no commercial rights to it. Well, I've mm -hmm. been doing that since the very first mint. Okay. Um, I felt, you know, you know, my first mint is June, June 2nd of, of last, of 21 at this point, right? But at that time already, you had apes that were, uh, you know, six, six weeks, eight weeks old or whatever. And there was a lot of talk about their IP. And there was all this notion of, oh, if you buy this NFT, you get the IP and you can go and, and, and do these things. And I'm no lawyer, but it seemed a little flimsy to me, the notion of, of holding, making that hold up as you could transfer something with no, no signature and no, no, no actual contract. So if I buy an ape and I make a thing and then I sell that ape and I keep selling the thing I made, we haven't really There's a problem it. there. Yeah, we there's a problem. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It might be. Again, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't even date lawyers anymore. Like that's, <laughs> that's how far away I am from being a lawyer. Yeah, that's on my short list of no's. It's a, <laughs> but um, I, I wasn't I didn't, I didn't, I just felt a little uncomfortable in that realm, imagining a thing where, uh, as I'm talking about intellectual property, as there's something that could have lasting importance or commercial viability, mm -hmm. I thought that, that clicking, you know, a button on OpenSea or Nifty Gateway wasn't necessarily setting you up to prove ownership of something that, that complex. So I figure I just save everybody the hassle by right there on my work saying, you got no rights to this. <laughs> right. You, you own the NFT and that's it. But isn't that a, be essentially the case anyway? Like well, it is. Like, no, it is. The case. That like, is the case. Like that is the in case. terms of if, if I, as an artist, create an NFT and sell to somebody, they own the NFT token, but oh, I still have the rights to the art. It is. Absolutely. But we're, we're in a space here. Okay. Yeah where at the time I started minting and you go back to 21 and everybody's running around, you know, well, everybody, the, the 800 people in the NFT space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. RIP to the 400 who have left us, but the 400 who are still here. Are very um, but so, uh, so was that just, uh, you know, uh, snake oil, you know, this, uh, you know, saying, hey, you've, you're going to get all these privileges that I, I mean, mean look, aren't really I, look, the, there. 
the we see a couple projects where people have done things apes mainly they've done a lot of a lot of ape branded things okay yep um again we're so early in this you know we'll see we'll see how it all mm -hmm. plays i mean you know i i don't to me yeah i i don't feel comfortable living in that space where i'm buying something and, and buying it for the intellectual property rights where i haven't sat down and been granted a contract that explicitly lays out what my rights are and that i agree to them and that the, the right. seller agrees to them and everything that's just me right but um at the end of the day again this the, the 99 percent rule here plays out where most of the time this doesn't matter mm -hmm. most of the time there's not some very successful tomato sauce brand coming out of nouns dow uh where everybody is you know using their nouns tomato sauce and and making millions i don't know we, we don't really have many cases for it I, I do think that like the apes community did there's a handful of businesses that are bored something or ape something or ape number whatever um cool good for them but but to me coming back to to the, to the cco this year okay and talking about CCO summer, the thing that, that stuck with me was not so much the projects. Because uh -huh. again, I already kind of felt like that idea was flimsy to begin with about owning a PFP and then owning the, the IP to it. Let projects do what they're going to do, okay? To me, it was this idea that an artist like Xcopy and others who aspire to be Xcopy, certainly in the glitch scene, it became de rigueur for the day okay uh to say web3 doesn't need this governance you should definitely re release your rights you should do all of these things uh and it was a it was a rally cry led um by people at the top who were making a lot of money and being enforced and reinforced by the people at the bottom who were not making a lot of money and i i watched it for months it's sort of not so much a buzzword these days people are caught up in just surviving right now but but there was a lot of time with people knuckleheads like just people with no no traction they're not they're not even making any money right now i release my rights i declare this okay and then the same little people my my oh, congratulations i i will buy your three tez piece or your point oh to eat peace and celebrate and do those things together for a little bit right but i it started to look very much to me like the whether it's you know the uh ncaa tournament and 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 collegiate sports in the united states of making bill, a billion dollar industry built around free labor very talented labor okay um or i don't know indentured servitude or or slavery driving the you know economic rise of the united states uh in its early days very simple to let other people do your work and tell them they have no rights to that work uh, and shouldn't be paid for it and so if you have large artists and large projects successfully taking in huge amounts of money and then telling everybody, don't get paid for your work. Don't hold on to the long-term value of it. 
Don't let it become something else. It's scary, scary to me. Could you make but, the argument that they were speaking to their peers? Not necessarily speak. to, you know, these people like, say, X-Copy, that he was addressing people that were, you know, similar to his level of revenue. You know, oh, the other That he wasn't guys. necessarily, yeah, wasn't necessarily talking to, you know, sure. people sure. selling stuff for three I, I have a feeling he's often just talking to himself for two. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Guess what he does? Guess what he does? He does this very well. He retweets the fuck out of anybody that mentions his name and says how great he is. So everybody with a grifter who is saying, yes, I also renounce my rights. Retweet. I, uh, okay. You see, uh -huh. and this is. So it's a bit of a peer pressure game. <clears throat> it's a peer pressure game. And it's a peer pressure game that let's just say, let's just say that, that young, young artists with no, no real, pattern success uh, does this in the name of, of Web3, in the name of XCopy, because I'm fighting the good fight, and then they catch fire. And they catch fire with a project that may have some actual narrative around it, not just a flashy fucking JPEG or, or a, a glitch piece or something that is a standalone whatever, but as a narrative. Mm -hmm. Maybe they built that. Maybe they've been working on something for years and years and years and have found NFTs as a way to distribute it. But because their heroes told them, hey, you should renounce your rights to this stuff. That's what we do around here. Okay. I did it. Patrick Amagon did it. He's not a big guy, but he's, he's, he did it famously. Okay. And Patrick and I are frenemies. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but okay um let's just say that 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 one kid stupidly follows that crowd and actually is sitting on something major mm -hmm. and has now re renounced his rights to it mm -hmm. and somebody who has the funds whether they are a solo artist who made hundreds of millions or they're a group that has made so many hundreds of millions that they now are a media company. And then they go, well, we're going to start featuring some NFT uh, native narrative pieces and then flush them out in our media company. And look at all this great CCO stuff that's out there. Oh, and yeah, that one's great. And then they run with it because they have the means. The, the kid didn't have the means. Right. And now can't even get that, you know, you're just a struggling uh, young creative in, in a space of the narrative, you know, screenwriter or whatever. Your first screenplay, you're not getting paid that much. Mm -hmm. But you do it and you sell the option and it picks up and, and they run with it and you make a little something. And then your next one, you're going to make some more and the next one, you're going to make some more. But you're being told by everybody, just give all that future money away. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the old argument for, oh, oh, you, we're not going to pay you, but you'll get exposure. You know, it's a similar. Yeah, yeah. Kind of well, line. I'll retweet you. I'll retweet you. And it's also <clears throat> becomes to me in a, in a little twisted way. Okay. The, look, the argument in college sports has been similar. Okay. But in a twisted way, it becomes X copy saying um, at the end, it's about the art. 
and it's about you giving that art and all of us giving our art collectively. That's what this is all about. It's a movement and, and you're going to get exposure and you're going to be have renown and you're going to have some morals and you're going to have some scruples that come out of this. This isn't about the money, man. As he's <laughs> this isn't about lighting the money. cigars <laughs> with, on know, his yacht <laughs> with hundred Tez bills. Okay. Um, but the NCAA for decades told everybody that while they're making all this money, it's been about 40 years that it became a, a big business. It was a small business before then, but about 40 years yeah. where the, the advertising was there and the spectacle and television worked as such that there was so much money there. But they told everyone, no, we don't have to pay these kids. Okay, and I'll, I'll speak about my personal experience in it. But we don't have to pay these kids um, because we're giving them an education. And that's mm -hmm. worth far more. <laughs> that's, that, that makes them into fine young men and fine young women because we're going to give them this education and take their, their labor and, and exploit them. Um, but that's what this is about. So that's, that's what they've always said to people because this, is, this yeah. is the justification for it. Similar to the CCO justification of exposure and, and, and relevance and what have you. I played college baseball. Okay. Uh, I played college baseball, baseball at, a, at a university that was very, 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 very famous for its football team. Mm. Okay. Um, baseball is one of these weird sports where there is a major professional ecosystem around it of course i played after you know I, I kept playing through all of that but um there is some money there sure most college sports the sport does not you, you don't become rich playing the sport I mean, very few people are, are rich from rowing or from yeah. gymnastics right what have you um there are all these sports but baseball is one of them where you can make a really good living if you become professional and you go on the number of people that make it professional is an infinitesimal percentage that started playing when they were little kids, right? Uh, football and basketball are the same, but different from baseball, uh, football and basketball drive major revenue into their schools, okay? Mm -hmm. um, these schools, some of the big universities make as much as 10 and 15% of their yearly endowment from their their baseball and, or um, basketball and football teams, not their baseball team, not their little sports, okay? But men's basketball and, and the football um, contribute vast, vast, notable, noticeable amounts of money to the, the colleges to, to run their programs, okay? And um, this is not small numbers, right? And, and so in order to, to, to do this and to generate that, you need the best players. You, you, you're very competitive at getting who the best is to play for you so that you can win. You can have more television time. You can have more notoriety. Your, 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 team, your um, former students, your alumna can, can go and throw money at you to, to, to celebrate and the whole bit, right? So this is real cash cow. Um, and as a result, you're not bringing in a necessarily the strongest student or the person most dedicated to getting their engineering degree or what have you. You're bringing in an athlete who's using it as a stepping stone, as a springboard onto a professional career, right? But as an athlete, you are required to go to class. You're required to maintain a certain 
scholarship level, you have to have a certain average of grades. You have to have a certain minimum of, of hours, okay? But you're not required to graduate in order to play for these things. So athletes tend to be given course assignments that don't build towards a degree, that their scheduling is such that you can miss a lot of them because you're always playing the sport. You're basically a professional player. I mean, when you play football, basketball, even baseball, any of these sports, um, your, your main focus of the week is playing that thing. Okay, mm -hmm. working sure. out, traveling to the games, and doing all these—you don't have much time for for the, the academics, and it's structured that you're probably not going to get a degree. You're probably not going to do any of these things. It's all a farce, right? It really is. It's a farce, and we've known this for a long time in this country. To me, it's max of the CCO thing. It's a farce to tell somebody give up your rights. Okay, don't be like me. Don't make all of this money and have this perpetual possibility. Look how I've given it up over a hundred million dollars or one hundred fifty million dollars. It's it's a really slippery slope here to try to convince people to sign away their value, their inherent self worth, and what their future might hold when you're the one with all the money. I, I kind of find I kind of find it disgusting. Mm -hmm. So I represented my work this year. So so I took all of this CCO stuff. I made five different brackets of sixty-four teams to mimic the the structure of the college basketball. Uh, through of course through utility and engagement and participation in my project, everybody got to pick up these three hundred twenty-one of ones. But what I did is I took sixty-four moonbirds and I slapped. My painting over the top of them, my painting being just a rough letter, number, and color coding system to right. determine who's who. Um, but I took 64 moonbirds, 64 nouns, 64 grifters. Okay. I animated the afterburn X copy uh, to include my, my painting in the eyes of the, the glitch. Okay. And, um, and then I used the punk 6529 memes, which is another CCO project. And I took 64 of those memes. Uh, and, and so that was my 320. Now I've given those out. Now, I expressly say in the description of each piece, okay, I, my, my work, the descriptions really matter, right? I yell at my collectors when they don't read the descriptions. They go, but, <laughs> right. but, but I expressly say that, that the image, it, di different than what I do on my regular piece where I say this NFT image has no imply you know ownership of this image implies no commercial rights right but here i say this nft image implies no commercial rights it is cc it's free domain under the cco okay but the utility okay the 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 color uh, the selection of colors the actual mix of the color the usage of the letters the combination of letters numbers and color any representation of that utility any interaction with my current or future pieces uh that none of that is released in other words what makes my art my art i'm releasing none of that i will release this image which was released to me okay and then i scrawled on it i'll release that image go ahead have at it okay but the actual artwork i'm holding the artwork being the, the conceptual art so it's it's a way where i'm, I'm sort of referencing None of this, this 
this benevolent release of these images, which was not meant as a way to, to make a more robust community where everybody gets to use it. Please, it was just soapboxing, okay? But the release of the image really doesn't mean anything if you have artwork at the back end, which actually matters, mm. okay? So what I'm doing by, by doing this, I'm just sort of calling them out on it and, and associating it with, in the piece itself, I talked about America being driven by, by free labor uh, in slavery, right? And, and the college uh, athletic system being driven by free labor in this way too. And so I bring it all together in, in, in this. And, and of course now I have, um, I've got my collectors who really love their moonbirds now. <laughs> but in a way, so, have you not solved the conundrum? The, you know, the whole problem just by I, saying it's not about the, you know, the actual piece. Uh, it's, it's about the utility that you're going to get from that. Yeah, it's about the it's about the conceptual art that goes with it. You know, I mean, I've, I've right. really been in a couple of arguments this week about utility. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to release that that term that, that some artists just want to assign some sort of negativity to. I think utility is a good thing, um, but it really comes down to is your artwork conceptual or not? Mm. You know, is your NFT piece conceptual? Does it, as as I believe, remember the last time I was here, I was said, you know, NFTs really should, if you're not delivering some mechanism of utility to it, it should be an NFT, right? Um, but, but I think, you know, you can, you can just use the, the term conceptual art to apply to that if you've thought through it, right? Is, is your piece conceptual? In which case, go ahead and have the image. The image is sort of temporal anyway, right? If you, if you understand... Mm -hmm. The blockchain and the mechanisms of it most of the stuff is not on chain right right um so in in that regard yeah it's i i, I feel like maybe i am solving it i don't know we'll have to let people decide right but i've <laughs> done my best to put it to put it out there and talk about it at least um yeah. i've gotten zero response <laughs> literally <laughs> literally i mean i've also been very very busy um and, right. and at this at this point, I think the outside just serves sort of like, oh Jesus, the reason is doing something else, and it's far too complicated for us to pay attention to. It but, reminds me of this uh, this uh, Twitter blue thing, and how like the vast majority of people who are Twitter blue verified have very very small followings and little to no influence, right? And you know, it's like. And in the meantime, billionaires are like, screw it. I'm not paying eight bucks a month for me verified, right? No, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, it's <laughs> to me, it, it, there's, there's I, just, for just there's, you know, not to sound hypocritical. I actually do have the blue check, you know, and I just did it because it was the thing to do. And I don't know if I'll maintain it. But I have the blue check because I really worried I, that Elon was in trouble. Interesting. Okay. I thought, you know, I, the numbers, if I lost half, half of my, yeah. my investment, I would, you know, I'd hope a friend would take, take care of me. So I, I got it. Cause, me. cause I, I, I like the editing function. I like being able to edit. No, my that's, tweets. Hey, that's why I did it. I've been doing it since yeah. I, I had whatever Twitter blue was when they dropped it because I'm an idiot and I'm constantly typing <laughs> things and they go, Oh geez. And so, I, yeah, no, I've had it all along. And then in fact, I didn't renew it for that first couple of weeks when they okay. changed because 
I was like, I already had it, but I don't want the blue check. And then everybody's <laughs> going to think the, I had the blue check because I got the blue check. <laughs> Meanwhile, I wanted the real blue check. So I was like waiting for the real well, one. Well, now you have the option. You can hide your blue check if you're embarrassed that you had, that you've paid for the blue check, apparently. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> now I'm definitely keeping it though. I'm not ashamed of anything. I like the editing. I, you know, that to me yeah. is handy. Now, why that needs to be a blue check thing, I don't know, but it's a way for them to monetize it, right? I don't have any issue with, you know what, if you want to pay eight bucks a month to be verified, pay eight bucks a month to be verified. I don't care. I, look, I, I'm, I'm strange in that I actually am okay paying for things. I never once like stole a song back when everybody stole songs. I never. Wow, really? Songs. You never no. did the Napster thing? Never. Never, That's never, impressive. ever, ever. That's impressive. Was, first of all, I was proud of the fact that I could afford a CD. <laughs> right. I bought a lot of them used. But, but you could I get did, such cool I... stuff that you couldn't find. Like, I remember finding, like, random, like, Radiohead stuff that I'd never heard before in my life. But I could find it on Napster. You couldn't I find it in the store. I was never cool enough to, to – I was never a cool music guy. <laughs> I wasn't – I wish I could have been. I was never I, – I had, like, friends who were the cool music guys. Okay, know, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I was. <laughs> believe me, the YouTube box set was available everywhere. I didn't right. have to go find that. <laughs> but no, I never. I, I'm not into piracy. As much as I'm an outlaw, and I am on the fucking outlaw. But I'm. I just the piracy aspect. So as a result, okay, whether it was never stealing music or whatever, you know, I um. I'm okay paying for services is what I was getting at. Right. Like I really sure. am. I mean, yeah. I, you, you're telling me that Twitter isn't worth $10 a month to you? Yeah, like, I, I feel the same way about music. Like, you know, I got this, you know, the family, whatever, Spotify. I'm like, is there a better deal? I mean, you can listen to an infinite amount of music between like five people for like, what is it? $12 a month or something yeah, like that? It's pretty oh, good value. It's, it, 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 we, we in this space use Twitter religiously and then people go i would never pay ten dollars for that the fuck you use it all day long to drive your work and drive your your economy and drive oh no i get a kick out of people who get annoyed at ads in youtube i'm like the reason you're watching it for free is because of the ads get over exactly. it exactly exactly and so yeah no i i don't know people just love bitching about everything i i complain i just don't bitch so but, yeah, i mean but yeah, i don't know if there's a principle there that they're opposed to like why i don't know what reason they gave i think it was lebron was saying i'm not paying to be verified you know or whatever it's like why not like why not pay to be verified well, again i don't know again again for those who don't know there's a lot of <laughs> nft people who don't know lebron is like x copy of the nba sure yeah, yeah. LeBron is the ex-copy of the NBA. So he's, this is again, somebody saying, I won't pay $10. You shouldn't pay $10 to be verified. <laughs> Come on, LeBron. Really? You get everything for free and major millions. And you're telling <laughs> the guys who are trying, you know, the, the system is let's make sure there are fewer bots out there or whatever and let's drive a revenue-based system so that we can, don't have to rely on all the fucking nonsense. I mean, again, this is where maybe I'm more Elon Musk than X-Copy. How about that NFT? I, I think it makes Twitter. sense because, you know, the, the like he said, it's like Musk said, you know, it makes it unsustainable to run bots if you're having to verify, right? Yeah. 
even if you exactly. get the the imitation uh profiles and the people who are faking that they're whoever you know that's not sustainable on a large scale again lebron and x copy live and die by their amount of followers and if it came down to it lebron and x copy might not have as many followers if we actually had real followers just saying lebron and x copy. by the way i love this <laughs> i love that i'm now and i and look uh again i like x copy on some levels i like lebron on some levels you know it's perfect that those are the two that now i'm gonna sink forever yeah lebron is the x copy of, an, of the nba Love it. no it's true but it but that's the thing yeah, it's, it's, it's like a lot of this is built around horseshit smoke and mirrors nonsense and 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 illegitimate fame okay Twitter fame, like we look, we have people in our space who have hundreds of thousands of followers and don't have hundreds of thousands of collectors. Right. Because there aren't hundreds of thousands of collectors. I mean, this is, we, do you know how few people are in the NFT space? I'm not talking about day trading JPEGs, collectors, collectors. Right. What do you think, in serious decline, what do you, how many do you think are, are out there collecting? Actively collecting. JPEGs or whatever, but actively collecting. Like they're like, I have, would you like to see my collection? Yeah. Low hundreds? Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Did you, did you uh, talk with or, or deal with the, the NFT yearbook guys at all? I have not, no. But I was just, I was just going to say, when you ask that question, if you do look at, you know, there's apps like Dap Radar, for example, if people are familiar with that, when you can look at the volume of, you know, uh, known origin, whatever, uh, Maker's Place, the volume on some of those platforms is abysmal. Like you're talking in the thousands of dollars, not millions you know, we don't uh, forget I, those poor. I mean, luckily they got out. Luckily, Duncan and Griffin Cockfoster left the Nifty Gateway because right. they had announced they were never going to sleep. We will not sleep until one million people collect JPEGs. Remember, that was the big that was the big announcement. <laughs> Nifty, they, luck, they left because they just got they get tired of waiting for a million people to do this. Um, <laughs> thank God they they got out. But but no. They're, they, remember when Nifty Gateway got to a million accounts? Uh-huh. Anybody want to talk about how they got to a million accounts? How many multiple accounts did everybody have to enter the X copy? Fucking right. Yeah, yeah. They would have, they, in, in the early, well, the, like, by the time they crested the big wave back in 21, they were having... They were still doing drops, entries, and you could see how many entries there were for every drawing. And they would traditionally a drop would be, you know, an addition to ten at at, at three thousand, an addition to twenty five at a thousand, an addition of a hundred at five hundred, and an addition of thirty five at one dollar. Yeah, yeah. And there there was a little while where things were like crashing, where you couldn't really you were losing money if you bought on primary. But you could still make money if you hit the one dollar one, and so there yeah. was a few weeks, maybe a couple months, where entry levels on something like that would look like 
37 at the $3,000 entry, you know, 55 at the 2,500. And then you get down, there'd be like 400 people entering the 100. And then there would be 57,000 entering the dollar. Right. You know, so we, there were 57,000 collectors on Nifty early on. They just 50, only collected one dollar. 57,000. No, yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. And so that's the thing. And, and then, and what would happen is <clears throat> they would ban accounts that were, that were bot accounts. They would like, they finally figured out ways to go, oh, well, those are all bots. And then they wipe them out. But they didn't stop counting that account as having registered. So then, like, late 21, they're like, we did it. We got to a million accounts. <laughs> the same, those, like, I would say 900,000 of those were driven by, like, the same 10 botters. Like, just, well, just realistically, you know, that I think, you know, because in this space, you do tend to feel um, like it's bigger than it really is because we're all well, we're, we need to feel in this space with each other, you know, and do you know how scary it is to, to talk reality of only a few hundred people about there's a, there's a few thousand artists in the space chasing those few hundred collectors. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's a really scary thing. Now. I'm certainly an optimist. I don't know if you know that about me. I, I, I believe in the best is to come. But, um, you know, I understand globally the way markets work, that there's a lot of very, very strong and vibrant markets that have a very small user base. You don't need to have... We always are like, man, can you imagine when everybody collects... NFTs, like you imagine how much this stuff's gonna be worth, man. Who cares? If it gets to the point that everybody collects NFTs, we don't. We're not worried about anything. We're not. This is not a thing. Okay. You don't need a million people collecting NFTs no. to make it a viable marketplace. Right. It's okay with a thousand people in the world. You just have to know what you're doing and be and. You know, not be a criminal, not be, you know, not be cheating people every chance you get. Um, and how about this? Make thoughtful work that matters, that should be made. You, you'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, no, no offense to everybody, but threesomes, we're doing okay. We're doing really well as a collector group. I mean, it's pretty remarkable in this you know, I, I said about last May and I said, look, winter's coming and it's going to get fucking shitty here and yep. I'm going to protect this. And you, you're yep. in or you're out. And if you're out, we'll never let you back in the doors. And we did it. I mean, we've we've had many, 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 many tens of X of growth during this downturn. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, it's a niche, but it's an active niche. It's a passionate niche. The people who are still here are people who yeah. are really into it, right? And are probably going to be into it long term. Well, yeah. And, and the real question becomes how many of the pretenders who came in to grab some quick cash as artists, sure. as project you know, people, well, I mean, there were the people who thought it was going to be this huge thing and, you know, came in with maybe good intentions, but, you know, split when things kind of went south. Yeah. I mean, 
we that's that's how it's going to be in 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 any situation like this but i think we're still overpopulated in artists okay i think there's still the illusion of speculative play that crawls into bed with everybody mm -hmm. um unfortunately it's 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 there but most people don't know how to how to live in that world okay um it's being left to to heavily capitalized projects to play that which is fine i think we're going to see a real separation in the coming year or two uh yep. between art collectors and speculative plays um sure mm -hmm. there was a time where people were trying to blur them you know, 21 into 22 was a lot of people saying that it was art on the speculative play, right? That it was about the art. But um, I don't know. I it's it's hard because I I'm very bullish, as the kids say, on yep. all of this. Yeah. Very. Yep. I'm very bullish on threesomes. Okay. Um, in in ways that I I kind of do it even quietly now. Right. Um, I don't know. I've got a lot. Uh, you know, I, you you joke about how busy I I am, but I I truly am. You know, constantly creating and constantly evolving the project. Um, you know, we I just minted this la last week, four, my fourteen hundred and fiftieth mint. Okay. Wow. Okay. Which. You know, we burned through a lot of them, but that means existing right now, I have nearly 500,000 editions existing. And we burned through a couple hundred thousand of them, right? So by the end of this year, I will have minted my millionth edition. A, a legitimate million. A legitimate million. A legitimate yeah. million. Um, I'm saying and, that in contrast to the, the nifty accounts. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. But I, you know, um, those that that million is built around. I've got. We're about to go into season 10. OK, full season where the teams compete and, and you know, and the prop new work and they compete to collect it and everything. Um, I'll have 240, probably might maybe 260 that will collect everything every day, right? Right. But that's 260 that I, I know them. Like I run them through KYC in some pretty big ways, right? Uh, this, this is, you, you, you're not- These are actual people. These are actual people, actual yep. people. Now, of those 240, 50, 60 that are, that are gonna be, participate this season, um, 130 of them are a part of grotto proper that literally buy every single they they don't get to i mean I, my additions are such that they can't buy it all right um but they buy every they put in they want every piece that i drop mm -hmm. because they collect them right like they actually have collections that matter there's reasons they have this piece and reasons they have that piece and reasons they love this one and this is their favorite and they would never let it go um and and, and then i make them let it go that's the fun part that's the evil right three things right but but i i just wish that that all of these other artists that we're talking about that are chasing their few they're a couple hundred of people right um 
that they were looking at building something that people want, that people want to collect, that people that it matters that one is is more important to one person than another. And I just I don't see any of that in the space. I see so little where there's there's thoughtful creation. And there, I mean, really, I mean, this is not it's not I'm not the only one. I'm not saying that. Okay, uh, I'm the best. But <laughs> but um, but but you know, it, there are others who are understanding with this technology that we can do really remarkable explorative work that they, we don't see out there. In, in, outside of blockchain, I mean, the, the the my marriage to blockchain when it comes to all of this project, it can't exist one without the other, right? I can't, mm-hmm. I can't threesomes on its own. If I just had all of my paintings and I'm sitting here next to the bridge, and and waiting for somebody to come and collect them, it doesn't work. It only works through this, and it only works not just as a, as the cash register, not just as the the, the portal to sell them, which unfortunately most artists I, f- I feel see NFTs is just the means to get paid finally, right? Yeah. But then to actually interact and now to make your piece live and breathe and 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 evolve, which is what the blockchain allows you to do by the ledger technology and the smart contract itself, right? Um, but if if I, I, I just hope, I just really hope that more artists start to to produce stuff that's worthy of, of the NFT and worthy of the blockchain. Yeah. And it's, it's well, I mean, I suppose it's an, it's an evolving process, right? Slow moving, gradual. Yeah, it's, it is, it is, but it also, ha- you have to come in with the right intent. And I think, yeah. that, you know, my feelings these last couple of years is the intent was money, 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 money. Of course. Well, there was a lot of money flying around. So there's still and a lot of wash the trading same, the same, and the same yeah. money is still there. Oh, and yeah. Lots of yeah. Money. Yeah. Lots of wash trade. That's part of the big illusion. I think that's happened for, you know, a lot of people over the last couple of years is how much of that was legitimate trading and how much of it was wash trading. Right. The, the numbers are scary if you know what they really are. Yeah. Really frightening to, because it yeah. goes against that narrative, the narrative that there were a discord with 20,000 or 200,000 people in it that to give the appearance that there was all of this demand and all of this, everything. Right. Sure. Just, well, even if you look at crypto on a larger scale, you know, it's it's still tiny, uh, economically speaking, financially speaking, you know, compared to the larger financial world. It's this, it's this tiny little segment. People don't recognize how tiny it is. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and it, the it NFTs are just a tiny, tiny percentage tiny of, of that. that, right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Who's... Um, I know we're, we, we're wrapping up here soon, probably, but who, who's, who have you had on that's been sort of eye-opening to you in the years since, since I saw you, or the nine months since I saw you? Dude, Any standouts it's where all you're a like, blur, man. Um, wow. I'd have to look back through the list, you know, to get... It's okay. I, I, I'm, yeah. I, I like that you, there's nobody that stood out, because I'm guessing that every time anybody else asks this, you say, well, threesomes, of course. <laughs> well now you make me feel like i do have to look and and say okay this is this is one that was awesome that i had recently and you know i don't want to leave people out too though that's the other problem um oh that's the fun i'm putting you on the spot (laughs) 
There was one with, who was it here? Uh, oh, this was a very interesting uh, podcast was Paul Jenkins. He's the oh, really? uh, yeah. uh-huh. writer of Wolverine Origin, Hellblazer, Spider-Man. That was a very fascinating podcast. Yeah, I saw, Brilliant I saw guy. some of your clips from that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a great one. Um, let's scroll back a little further here. I'm just, you know, and I don't want to leave people out, but, you know, I'm just picking some that just strike me as very interesting. There was, I, I always love uh, Danielle Davis, NFT Ignition. Uh, she's been in the space for a long time now as like an educator in the space. And you can learn a lot listening to her. Another one that was really good was um, Three Panel Crimes. You're familiar with Three Panel Crimes, artist? Never heard of them. Okay. That's a very, you, you should check into that, that artist. Now that's a ways back. That's from December. But uh, um, yeah, I would recommend that one for you. I think you would find that one uh, resonates three panel crimes i'll uh, i'll listen to, to those last two danielle davis you said yeah i uh danielle davis is just a great person very uh active in the space and uh you know educator and uh she's she looks out for people who are new learning and look, looking at how to get into the space and just one of those you know quality people but yeah the paul jenkins podcast he brings up a lot of really interesting uh, yeah, like I said, the, the points that you, you posted, I really liked from him. It seemed like yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I think you, you would like three panel crimes because there's an element of humor there that, that I think you would resonate with. Interesting, interesting. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, uh, you got anything else for me? Well, I wanted to ask you about uh, your thoughts. Maybe we can finish with this. this: is the whole Sotheby's fiasco where they put together this show and <laughs> it's this entirely male what was it 20 some artists i think 19 yeah 19 glitch yeah. artists it was a glitch right? show a glitch auction and um, there were a few people that are like there's not a lot of even representation here and i think patrick amadon said he was pulling out of it and then soon after that they're like okay we got to rethink this yeah what are your thoughts a, a lot of thoughts i had a, I, I did pot on it this week um with with empress trash and wombat on oh yeah um who have, have been repeated guests of mine and, and that's both are uh should be on your short list of people i have on. not had wombat on i have had empress trash on trash on well we yeah. got to get wombat on she's uh, yeah. fascinating and, and her work is tremendous um uh but for me um look I don't want to get into the Amadon stuff. I don't want to, to tease the fact that, that he'll be on my pod and we'll, we'll get into it there. So, so I'll let him, him speak for himself on, on that. But um, the big mistake here by Sotheby's, in my opinion, is, which is, 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 should be sort of a shock. Sotheby's is, is you know, a uh, staid and, and, and established place that, is mainly, you know, uh, employ their, their employment is pretty much made up of people who went to art school uh, in some form. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that have traditional world, let's say traditional world who um, can, you know, write about art, think about art, look at art, criticize art. Obviously their establishment and, and, and to sit here and, and pretend like, um, we're always going to agree with who they select and with their reasons, you know, they're a business and they're here to make money and, and what have you. Right. But at the end of the day, 
a lot of their curation is going to come from people who have a background in stuff. Yeah. And I think the problem that we're running into now with the auction houses coming in is uh, that none of nobody on their staff has a background in any of this stuff. Right. Okay. Even those that may have had an, a background in digital uh, or the conceptual stuff a bit, right? And installations and things like that, which from time to time have been, have, have, you know, fewer and fewer people. It's not not just like figures, painters, and abstract, or whatever. But but you know, you've got your stars in that in that realm that maybe a, an auction house might have a new media digital expert or something like that. Even that's coming from sort of the art school bend and 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 the traditional world. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are not the people that are making NFTs, and they 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 are now little by little they're coming over as a revenue stream, but they're not creating NFTs. Okay. And so they went out these these, and it doesn't matter if it's Christie's or Sotheby's or Phillips or whatever, but they've gone out and and been like, hey, go find the kids that are collecting and doing this thing, and then we're going to bring them in. And they brought in a fucking knucklehead at Sotheby's, who. If we look at any of their recent shows, offerings, they're just pumping bags, truly. Mm. Um, and so that you know, that's that's always going to be a problem in this space. That the loudest voices or the most accepted voices have lots and lots of these things that they stand to profit from from if they grow. It's really the nature of this whole space. So, so they they brought in people that did this. But what happened is they sort of are detached from people who are used to thinking about it in a broader sense. And so, to me, the the the, the misstep with this glitch one was not only the fact that they had 19 artists, all male. Not all of them are. are there's an argument about whether all of them were even glitch artists. Right. Okay. But they went ahead and consulted with some very important female glitch artists about this. They reached out and wanted, they tried to get input from them and everything. Went as far as using on their explanation page, which was very poorly written, this is what I'm getting at. This is not being put together by art connoisseurs, okay? This is not being, this is not the, the, the upper tier of art you know, people that can write about things or, you know, um, put words on, on paper that, that speak to art, okay? This is some goofball. It's got some glitch bags to unload, man. And and so what they did is they used the Im- two of the three images they used in what is glitch and how this works were the work of female artists. And then they they weren't even included in the show. And there's their work. And they did this, this has sort of happened a few times where it's really great work is coming from, from people who identify as women. Um, and it's so great that it's used. There's a, a reference, uh, an article talking about this stuff, uh, NFTs in general, but that used Sarah Zucker piece. I was going to um, say, it blows my mind that Sarah Zucker wouldn't be on their list. Well, this is the thing. There's a lot of people that 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 were really that should have been there. If you know Glitch, sure. if you know any of this stuff, they're the ones. 
Yeah. Now Sarah is is the, the, the one of the issues with Sarah, I think, around all this is she doesn't have that many additions out. Okay. So a bag pumper, unless they got in early, don't really stand to benefit. So you're suggesting as somebody there who had their own little collection and they're like, okay, I want to oh, kind yeah. of center it around. Yeah, they came, they came from the old Nifty days. Right. They were a very early Nifty collector. It's now okay. finding themselves. I don't know how long they're going to find themselves in the Well, if they're, if they're, a, if they're someone that's been around, how do they not have a Zara Zucker then? This is my question. Like, how does oh, that because they only have... Because first of all, they're like 11 years old and don't really have good taste in art to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so how do you how do you how do you reconcile this? How would you come back from that if you were Sotheby's? What would you do? If I were Sotheby's, I would have a weekly um, show on threesomes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but <laughs> good advice. <laughs> the friday night show would just be my work right uh, i mean look solution. they're 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 scrambling we're gonna see here in a couple weeks i mean they certainly are we're gonna see a, a wildly wildly different selection when they reassess this or you know I don't know if they can come out of it winning, though. Like, they're going to get criticized and lambasted no matter who they choose. But here's the thing. This is this is what, if I'm Sotheby's, you ask me to be Sotheby's? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Are those 300 people going to complain? I think we'll be good. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, this is the reality of it. Okay? Um, it's, it's, gonna, it's not much is going to change. Right. Okay? Um, you know the auction houses have already like sold stolen pieces and you know like in 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 our space in the NFT space they already sort of lost they already lent all sorts of credence to pack okay that worked right. out well for them um, you know it's worked out well for pack uh, for a little bit yeah yeah I you know I feel really bad how so. Just, I don't know. I'm trying to gauge to sarcasm live, here. Having, or... having, having to live life with, I don't know, $291 million. Okay, no sarcasm. Oh, yeah. Or anything for his collectors. Just having to not have to do anything but let somebody else get on the Twitter for him. I don't know. <laughs> rough life. Um, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's, I don't think that, that we're having any different reactions than, uh, you know, people in the 80s were having about why are, they were included or not included and who wasn't. It's going to be sure. disastrous regardless. Um, there's, it's easier for us to have a place to all get together and talk about it and get mad about it. And we should be. And it's, look, there, there should be a touch of celebration in that they, they halted a sale. Yes. With, they did listen great. To, the, great. to the criticism. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see that the voices that were, were, were key to that um, end up being different than the one that we thought it was the first week or that we uh -huh. were told that it was. I think we're going to see that now unfold a little differently, I would imagine. But, um, you know, I, I think that, that you know, uh, 
the people involved at this point and that I think are talking to them and that probably are going to be announced in the new show. It's going to, it's going to be a difference there. Hopefully that going forward is something that, that, um, becomes more typical, you know, representation and, and diversity in the offerings. It just kind of baffles me that you could get to that stage with <clears throat> an event like that and not have anyone there at Sotheby's go, have you, you know, have you wait a minute. This is, this is just you, all, uh, you got two males. sides. Like you got two sides of it. <laughs> that nobody One, noticed that. Have you met a 24 year old? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and two, you got, you got people who are like, quick, get me a 24 year old. Right. You know, to run this. The, the, is there a 24? There's a 24 year old. And so, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, things it, it's, it's, it, it, I just I, that's the kind of thing I'd love to be a fly on the wall and see what happened there with those conversations to see how it got to that. Yeah, um, I think I think we're gonna I think some things are gonna change. Okay, for the better, absolutely. Uh, I think people will be a little reticent next time to get so uh, to to drive head dive head first into things without going. Uh, do we know gender breakdown here at all? Anybody? Is there anything obvious here that we we should be seeing? Right. Um, you know, I think it'll become a part of these conversations. But, but you know, it's that's what that's what this is all about. I mean, we're we're a nascent uh, scene, and and people are figuring things out. And when we start getting in bed with people that aren't familiar with it and aren't doing this, that's what you're going to have. I mean, yep. We hear all the time that that the art world is centered around old white men. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, it's slowly changing. I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to slowly change in NFTs. We 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 smaller well, community. Uh, arguably, though, I think you know when you look at crypto and NFTs, it's even ma- more male dominated than traditional art. This is what I'm talking about when I'm like, it's what ninety nine percent male or something like that. When they go and say, "Give me a twenty four year old who collects a lot of these things." To know how this works, chances are it's bro, you know. Um, it's like not surprising who it ends up right. being. Well, and then that's so, the flip side of the argument is okay. So if you look at it by say maybe for example Sotheby's just looked at sales. Well, so, I'm guessing the top twenty sales, are probably all male. Yeah. No. Look of that um, of that type of art. Are you familiar with uh, Una? She's sort of conceptual. Uh, out of LA, she's she does some NFT stuff. Um, what was the name? Una, O O N A. I recognize um, that. She's got a piece up that that is uh, it's at Vellum right now in LA uh, gallery, but it's an NFT piece, a digital piece that that re- it's got a stick of butter uh, for all of this, all of the the, the sales over a hundred ETH, like any artwork sold over a hundred ETH. Okay. And it's got one stick of butter for the, you know, it's like this mountain of butter for all the, right. the, the pieces. And then one stick that represents the only time that a piece by a woman sold for over a hundred Right. And, and now is that because the majority of collectors are also male though? I, I mean, look, let's, we got to break down. Are any of those hundred ETH sales collectors? To be <laughs> Who knows, right? Yeah. Right. Very good um, to know. And 
if it's just a wash trade, it doesn't even matter what their gender was. But are the right. top 100 wash traders male? Probably. <laughs> you know, and so, so look, I mean, there's complexities to all of this, right? But sure, it's, it's, sure. Again, and we're, we're so early into it. The difference in all, to me, the thing that stands out and where it, it um, where I think we have changed so quickly it's a pretty quick turnaround in, in over the course of 10 days to pull down a Sotheby's show. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Comes down from the fact that there are receipts on everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can tie stuff back to, to, to who did it in, in some realm. Yes, we have a lot of a non transactions and most of the, the wash trading is done in some sense through that or some version of that. Right. But at the end of the day, in ways that the traditional art world couldn't, we can follow the money. Yep. And when you're able to do that, then you're able to see, you're able to pin it to somebody else and you can, over time, the, I think the beauty of, of this whole thing and the, the crux of my whole project is you can follow it all. Right. Right. And, and so I think that's where we're going to see an evolution past things like this that'll go faster and, 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 and be more, you know, possible because of those receipts mm -hmm. in ways that we could before so you can tell we'll be able to tell you can say yes who were the were the collectors male that bought those top 100 you know male pieces you'll be able to see that and walk through it and understand why and, and, and address it in ways right um, i'm just that suggesting that it was possible that saw the bees you know wasn't you know even contemplating gender they were just purely looking at numbers volume whatever you know, and it didn't even hit their radar until they put it out there and people went, wait a minute, these are all guys. Well, look, um, they weren't or, or, or it wasn't important because when it comes down to it, they want the most money. So yeah, just exactly. That's, like, I get that. I totally get that. Um, you just, the, the big, like I said, the big misstep to me, don't use female artist work to explain what glitch is. <laughs> right. And then and not then include them. Be like, yeah, it's like this, but it's worth more and not as good. <laughs> it's kind of what they did. The museum yeah. in Los Angeles, who's now, you know, jumped into the NFT scene uh, through Cactoid Labs, who's my developer. Um, and and I, I uh, have been lending uh, some thoughts to that project as it's dropping. But they were, they originally set out and said we want five nft artists yeah they're only women okay lacma said we want to do a, a a women only show which um lorna mills is a friend of mine um i don't know if you know lorna nope she's a oh she's phenomenal i don't know if she'll come on um hmm. she's a uh she's not she doesn't like being on things but she she's actually oh. she, she she does though. she i didn't say she doesn't do them you just have to put up with her being, you know, cantankerous and, and, and mean spirited about. But you'll have to, you'll have to get me uh, her Twitter name tag. I mean, there's a lm lm underscore netwebs. Yep, yep, that's the one. All right, I'll follow um, them. She's really uh, like uh, venerated in the space. She, she, she's in in the traditional uh, net arts, web arts. Um, Scene. She's 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 
OG of OGs. Do you get this feeling of being perturbed like I do when you're not following someone that you feel like you should have been following for a long time? No, I don't. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed at myself that yeah, you I'm not be. familiar you with. Be. I'm not familiar with this person. She's, she's um, a national treasure up there for you. She's, she's Canadian on top. Of well, it. I'm irritated that I was not aware of this person. Yeah, no, she's great. So here's the thing. She's, she's, she's in all the collections that matter. She's, mm-hmm. um, you know, held by museums, institutions, what have you, is new to the NFT space, uh, newer than, 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 say, a Sarah Zucker or something. Okay. Sure. Um, but doesn't have the sales yet. Okay. And, and so when, when LACMA decides who they want, they, need, they were asking for the sales too. Of course they're saying you know we need we need women okay um we need the that's natural yeah yeah natural okay uh lorna though um is it should be in in you know her work is 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 you know, it's not glitched by any means she, she's not in the conversation about this this glitch thing uh i mean she's she's very digital collage right yeah digital collage yep uh works in in you know gifs gifs um but but she you know she should she should be in every every uh, retrospective and every every work gender regardless you know she should be in the in this scene and her 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 stuff works as nft um i'll you know be the first to tell her that she should do something beyond just mint it uh-huh you know but as far yeah. as a revenue stream for, for a digital work, um, I collect her. I collect her knowing that I'm never going to get utility out of it. That it's never going to be right. Right. Well, else. I suppose you right. can say the utility is. But if I if I want work. a picture of a guy jerking off into a stuffed dolphin's mouth that moves, and I want to own that, she's the girl to go to. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, again, kind of niche, but yeah, yeah. But she, but she, but she, she's niche, but she's like. I'm talking about your description there in particular. Uh, Well, no, that's every piece she's made, roughly. (laughs) Um, you know, but this is she's she's like beloved. She 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 tells me at least if if I'm to believe her that she walks into whatever Biennale in whatever famous art capital of the world, and they just lord uh, and they run and they embrace her and she's you know um, right and yet you didn't know about that this is no and I, again i feel kind of embarrassed that i didn't but you know hey that's part of uh learning <laughs> but yeah look look we have what i'm what i'm kind of getting at here is we're, we're going to have a, an overcorrection um mm-hmm. perhaps with celebrity with this particular one um and and then hopefully we're going to see fewer Female-only shows, okay? Because I do, I, I'm not, and that's what that's why I was bringing Lauren up because she's not exactly a fan of the all-female show. Okay. Um, but but seeing you know, Lorna and Wombat, Empress Trash, okay, alongside everybody just because it's great work. Um, with right. rival, well, that's where you know it gets it can be kind of a patronizing thing if it's just you know oh let's make an all female show oh yeah you no know, absolutely. just for the sake of having it be all female but you know the, those three Empress Trash and Wombat and, and Lorna are um, making headway you know Wombat's got a hell of a, a, pro, a project on on Tez um, 
and it's actually she and Lorna are together in this new cosign show that Super Rare and Transient Labs are doing for NFT NYC. Okay. Um, yeah, and and so you know, I I think that that whole phrase we're all still early. I think we are for there for is the truth to that recognition yeah. for for artists and understanding of, of real collectors. But um, yeah, but those are three of my favorites. Yeah, I almost feel like it's if you take the you know the traditional art world and you know you know you ever uh, reduce something to a glaze. You know, that's whatever's happening there in that larger space, you get this reduced, concentrated form of it in a niche like the NFT space. And it's 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 even more concentrated than the traditional space in that way. I feel like it's even more male dominant in a lot of ways. It's even more, you know, controlled by relatively few people because of the size of it. Yeah. And that's 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 bound to happen. I, I think you know, I, I'm a little strange in that that might just be what I collect and, and, and sort of who I hang out with. But my collection is very heavily weighted to, to lady artists, you know. Um, it's kind of the bulk of what I collect. Uh, the first piece I bought was Sarah Zucker, I think. Is that right? Awesome. Yeah, I think I so. I don't know Sarah Zucker yet. I'm, or it might have been some kind of thing where she... I can't remember now. Was it a giveaway she did? I don't remember. I'm very proud of having the piece. <laughs> I paint. I painted her. She's she's in my Nifty Gateway All Stars. Oh, awesome! Um, yes, no, I think I've seen that. Yeah, but um, even there, like I have, I've got, I I very nearly bought some of her pieces a lot, and then told myself that I'm waiting for specific ones. So it's okay. I'll, I'll have my service record at some point. But. Um, <laughs> But I, I, you know, so much of my Twitter feed and so much of, of, of sort of my NFT world is heavily female. Mm -hmm. um, I also tend to stay away from a lot of the bro-y stuff, regardless. Mm -hmm. um, but but I, what I'm getting is I do I do have high hopes for all of this. Yeah. You know? And it's a weird. It's just weird it's a long ways to go, now. though. This is my oh, point. Sure. It's a long yeah. ways to go. But but I I do think that that um, you know there there will be some offshoots of of, of female crypto and and female NFT in, in, into you know positions of prominence. Yep. Just because of the nature that you could they they theoretically could amass a lot of money or a lot of work or a lot of clout or a lot of things via you know the same way the threesomes comes to be in the, in the space just you can set out to do it you, it, it is possible in this space and and I, yeah. I just i feel like there are a lot of very 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 strong women in the space that that are going to rise to their their levels of prominence that it's going to be you know that that deglazing the, the the demigloss the, the the whatever you were trying to say there where it's it's all you know distilling down or or, or yeah. condensing all of that i think that there'll be some some female demi gloss yeah yeah no that's good good note to end on well hey yeah, uh no. thank you very much me, thank female demi gloss please no. <laughs> <laughs> that, the grotto will love that because i think i'm saying something else but... <laughs> it's code for something <laughs> uh, always, always yeah. good to see you
Yeah, it was, it was really great to, to hear about what you're doing and to, you know, it's a thought-provoking topic, the whole CCO situation, as well as what's going on with, uh, you know, Sotheby's and women in the scene and how they're being perceived and uh, how that will change over time. And uh, no, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about all this stuff. Happy to, definitely. All right, we'll see you soon. Right on, take care. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of NFP with Decline, please like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.